I assume that most of you, if not all of you, want to be great and want to do great things in life and, and maybe even and could be especially for God, you want to be great and do great things. I, I assume that because I would think that most of you would call yourself or refer to yourself as a Christian or a follower of Jesus. And, and at least if you're not, you are at least interested in that or you probably wouldn't be watching. So I think we all share that. We want to be great. We want to do great things. But here's what's interesting. We assume that people, and I think it's a pretty general assumption, we assume that people that God greatly uses in life are always people who are confident. And they're always willing and ready for like whatever. Like, God, I'll do whatever. You know, they're always confident, always willing and ready. But that's just simply not the case. Because often the people that God uses greatly are reluctant and sometimes even unwilling to do the things that God is asking them to do. Which is good news for me and you because we can certainly relate to times in life where we feel reluctant to do what we know we should or maybe even unwilling to do the things that we know we ought to do. Which brings us to the story in our legendary series of Moses. We find this part of the story of Moses' massive story in the first part of the Old Testament book of Exodus. Exodus chapter three and four, I encourage you to read it on your own and I'm just gonna kind of hit the highlights and kind of get us through to a moment where I think we'll have some points of um, clarity together and points where we cannot really identify with what Moses was experiencing. But God asked Moses to do something great and gave him an opportunity to be great. And the great thing that God wanted Moses to do was to go confront Pharaoh to deliver the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. I mean, that's a great thing. That's a big thing. And eventually it happened. But as with every story, there's a backstory. And it's in the backstory where I want to take us, and I think you and I will be able to relate well to the backstory of this great thing that Moses was asked by God to do. You see, Moses was born a Hebrew. He was born a Hebrew in Egypt and actually grew up in Egypt as a Hebrew, but he was an adopted member of Pharaoh's court, of Pharaoh's family. So born a Hebrew, he grew up like an Egyptian where, you know, you would expect. He learned to walk like an Egyptian and talk like an Egyptian, okay. Meanwhile, growing up in Egypt, he is surrounded with the people of Israel who are slaves to the Egyptians. His native people are slaves. And where they have been slaves now for hundreds of years, going all the way back to the time right after Joseph, when we talked about Joseph a couple of weeks ago, right after Joseph died, it's been a long time, hundreds of years of slavery. One day, Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. It flew all over him. 
He just got so angry, he jumped in immediately to defend this Hebrew and he attacked the Egyptian and killed this Egyptian who was beating this Hebrew slave. He killed this Egyptian and the scriptures tell us he buried him in the sand. Moses didn't think anybody saw or knew what was going on, but eventually Moses discovered that people were beginning to find out and putting two and two together and word was beginning to get out even to Pharaoh's court what Moses had done in killing this Egyptian. So Moses left town. He got out of Dodge or Egypt and he fled to the desert to the area of Midian. Now I'm summarizing a lot here. In Midian, he eventually met his wife, became a shepherd and spent many, many, many years there in the desert in Midian. Meanwhile, the slavery of the Israelites worsened And they began crying out to God even more for God to save them, for God to deliver them. And the scriptures tell us that God decided it was time to do so. This is where Moses had the opportunity to be great and do something great. God comes to Moses in the desert. One day, Moses was tending his flock, watching his sheep near the base of Mount Sinai, which is a significant place in the story of the Old Testament. And God came to Moses, the scriptures tell us, in a bush that was on fire, yet it was not consumed. So in other words, there's this bush, normal looking bush, healthy looking bush, but the bush is on fire and there's a fire inside the bush, but the bush is not burning up, it's not withering, it's not you know, just crumbling like a bush would do normally if it was on fire, which caught Moses' attention. He was amazed at what he was seeing and he went over to get a closer look. And as he got closer, the scriptures tells us that God spoke to him from this burning bush. Would freak anybody out, right? So God says, Moses, take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. And then God introduced himself to Moses. He said, Moses, I am the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob and Moses knew exactly that he was hearing from Jehovah God, the God of his ancestors, the God of his people. And the scriptures tell us that Moses turned his face away out of respect and honor and reverence. But God continued and he told Moses to listen up that God told Moses that I have seen the slavery of my people and I am ready to act and I am ready to deliver them. And Moses, it's time. I want you, Moses, to go to Israel. I mean, go to Egypt and deliver the Israelites out of slavery. I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to confront Pharaoh face to face and tell him to let the people of Israel go. Now, there's a lot more details to the back and forth story, but what I want us to do is focus on Moses' reaction to this great thing that God was asking him to do. Again, burning bush moment. Wow, this is weird. This is odd. God's speaking to him, and God says, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh in Egypt because I want to deliver the people out of slavery. Watch what Moses said. Moses answered God, but why me? I mean, what makes you think that I could? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is like, I, I, think, I think you got the wrong guy. 
here. And, and watch what God immediately said back to him. I will be with you. I'll be with you. You think that that would be, that would be it, right? But no, no, no. God said, I'll be with you. And he goes on to say, Moses, here's proof that I'll be with you. One day, you're gonna come back to this place right here in the, in the area at the base of Mount Sinai with all the people of Israel and you will all worship here together, which eventually certainly happened. It was at that place where God gave Moses the 10 commandments. Yeah. Conversation wasn't over though. Because Moses said back to God, well, suppose, and I highlighted that word because this kind of identifies the what ifs, right? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Sound familiar? Suppose I go to the people of Israel and I tell them, the God of your father sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? What do I tell them? I mean, it's a logical question, right? I mean, listen, they don't know who I am. They probably don't remember me. It's been a long time since I've been to Egypt. And all right, when I go to them and I, and I tell them this, the, that God is going to deliver you, and they desperately want to be delivered, well, under, under what authority? Like, who told you? What's, what's our God's name? And God said, Moses, I want you to tell them, I am, the I am sent you which would directly refer back to how Abraham knew God and Isaac and Jacob knew God. And so they would know immediately that Moses indeed was speaking on behalf of God. But Moses objected. Well, they won't trust me. They won't listen to a word I say. They're going to say, God appeared to him, this guy, this dude, hardly. And so Moses needed a little convincing. The scriptures tells us that God gave him a couple of signs, miraculous type signs. And again, I'm summarizing a lot. God told Moses to take his staff that was in his hand, his shepherd's staff, and throw it on the ground. And so Moses did. And when God talks to you out of a, a bush that's on fire but not being consumed, and he tells you to do something, you just do it. So he did, and he threw his staff on the ground, and the staff became a snake. <laughs> this is funny. Moses immediately ran which is what you do when you see a snake, especially a snake that was once a staff in your hand. He, and so God says, no, come back, come back, come back, come back. I want you to reach down and pick up the snake. That's where the story ends with me. That's where the story may have ended with you. But again, when God is speaking to you out of a bush that's on fire, okay, you, you just do it. And so he reached down and picked up the tail of the snake and it became a staff again. The other sign God gave him, God said, I want you to take your hand and I want you to put your hand inside your cloak in your robe. And he did and he pulled his hand out and it was covered in leprosy, a dreaded disease. And then said, God said, Moses, I want you to put your hand back in your cloak, your robe, and he pulled it back out and it was normal again. So God needed to convince Moses a little bit. Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words. Neither before nor after you spoke to me, I stutter, I stammer. And the scriptures tells us that God looks at Moses and says, who made mouths, Moses? Who made your mouth? Moses, I got you. And God went on to say, 
I'll be right there. Again, we've heard this before. I'll be right there with you. Look at this. I love this part. With your mouth. I'll be with you. I'll be with your mouth. I'll be right there to teach you what to say. So God is assuring him over again and over again and over again. I'm with you. I got you. You can do this. I know you're reluctant. I know, I know this is uneasy. I realize this is out of your comfort zone. I realize, I realize all those things. But Moses, come on, come on, son. I got you. Now you would think at that point, Moses would be like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Watch what Moses said. Master, please just send, send somebody else. This has gone past the point of reluctancy. Now he's just being unwilling. I don't want to do it. Count me out. I, I, I am just not interested at all. Send somebody else. I don't want to. And here's what's interesting. God got angry with Moses. God said, okay, okay, don't you have a brother, Aaron, the Levite? I mean, he's good with words. I know he is, and he speaks very well. In fact, at this very moment, Moses, he's on his way to meet you. And when he sees you, He's going to be glad. You'll speak to him and tell him what to say, and I'll be right there with you, again, as you speak, and with him as he speaks, teaching you step by step. What a fascinating interaction where God is trying to prepare Moses to do something great, and Moses is reluctant and unwilling. Now, here's what's interesting. This is not just about what happened to Moses. This is also something that impacts our experience with God. Because see, we are followers of Jesus. That's what God has asked me to do. And that's what God has asked you to do. That's what God has called us to do, to follow Jesus. God hasn't asked me to go to Egypt and ask Pharaoh to let his people go. And God hasn't asked you to go to Egypt like he asked Moses to do that. Okay, but what God has asked me to do and what God has asked you to do is simply follow Jesus. And very much like what Moses experienced. You and I, as followers of Jesus, must understand that following Jesus will eventually require you to do what you feel like you can't do or just simply don't want to do. Just let that sink in. If you haven't had this experience yet, one day you're going to have this experience. The following Jesus eventually will require you to do what you don't feel like you can do. I can't do that. I can't do that. Or you just simply don't want to do it. You're reluctant or maybe even, like Moses, unwilling. I think if you're honest, you've been there. I've been there. I mean, immediately, we have these automatic excuses. I can't do that. Not gonna work for me. Maybe for them, but not for me, and I don't, I don't know, my situation's different. And we come up with all these automatic reasons why, and reasons why this won't work, and why maybe somebody else. And all of this negative self-talk, negative self-talk, the kind of stuff that Moses dealt with, which makes me think of something I, I learned and read recently. Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a doctor of psychiatry on the West Coast, uh, specializing in um, brain disorders, very, very famous guy. He said that when it comes to those, those 
thoughts, we think we need to beware of ants. And here's what he says ants are. Automatic negative thoughts. Beware of ants. Isn't that great? It's so sticky. Automatic negative thoughts. Moses had ants crawling around in his brain. Automatic negative thoughts. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I really can't. And here's why. And they're not going to believe me. I don't have the authority. Who sent you? And they're going to look at me and say, go hardly. I don't think so. And then I can't talk. I can't talk well. I stutter. I stammer. And really just send somebody else. I don't want to do it. It's not going to work out. You, I guess you could say that in regards to going to Egypt to confront Pharaoh, Moses was in denial. All right, I'll just leave that there. Yeah, ants, automatic negative thoughts. Look, Mo Moses was going like, who am I? I'm a shepherd. I'm just an ordinary guy with an ordinary job. I don't have authority. And here's something else he might have been thinking. I have a past. I left Egypt because I did something really dumb and I ran for my life. And even though I've been gone a long time, I bet eventually people would begin to put two and two together and remember that I'm the guy that killed that Egyptian. I've got a past that I'm trying to stay away from that I'm sure is gonna get in the way. I'm just not qualified. And I've got limitations. I can't talk well. I don't communicate well. And all of the discomfort that he was feeling, can you imagine how fearful that was? How dangerous that this probably felt and how overwhelming it must have been. Yeah. See, that's Moses. You and I will have our own burning bush moments, many actually burning bush moments, where eventually following Jesus, what we know we should do and must do, following Jesus will require us to do things that we're not sure we can do, or maybe even don't want to do. And you know you should. Maybe you're there right now. You know there's something in your life that's following Jesus, and you know this is next for you in the way of Jesus, and, and you should do it. You know you've been called to do it because it's the way of Jesus, and you're, and you're looking just like Moses saying, I can't do this, and you got your reasons. Or I don't want to, and you got your reasons. You got familiar ants, just like Moses did. Or maybe... Let me ask it this way. What next, step, what next step in following Jesus are you having a hard time taking? In your journey with Jesus, what's ne what next step are you just really having a difficult time taking? And it might have something to do with a relationship in your life, your marriage, a friendship, in your parenting, yeah. maybe with a coworker, or it could be with your career. You know there's a next step that would be honoring to the way of Jesus that you need to take, that you're just you're not sure you can or you just don't even want to with your schooling. Maybe a life decision, a life direction thing, or a trial or some kind of pain or suffering that you are having to endure that you're just like, I can't. Or you know what? I'm out. I, I don't want to do this. Or maybe following Jesus has brought you face to face with some of the one another's that are just all over the New Testament. We've talked about those before. You know, the one another's like be kind to one another. 
you know that following Jesus is going to require you. It's requiring you right now to do what you don't feel like you have the ability to do and you don't want to do. You don't want to be kind to this person or be patient. I mean, because you've had it, right? Or to show grace to someone you would rather not show grace to because they have it coming to them. They've made their bed. Now they have to lie in it kind of thing. Or maybe you know that the next step for you is to forgive, is to forgive them. And you're like, I can't forgive them. Or maybe you're at a point where you're like, I, I just don't want to. I, I don't, I don't want to forgive. I want to hold on. Or maybe it's time for you to speak some truth in a loving way. Not being rude, but being kind. To speak the truth. To potentially have a hard conversation. And you feel like you can't, or you just don't want to. Or give someone another chance. Having forgiven them, give them a gracious another chance. And you're like, I don't know if I can do that. Or I don't know if I even want to do that. Basically to love them as you have been loved. Sometimes we don't feel like we can. And sometimes we just simply don't want to. Or maybe here at the summit, you, you have a, an opportunity to serve or volunteer in an area and you know that's what you need to do. That's the next step for you is to jump in and serve or jump in and get in a group or jump in and take your next step and go public with your faith in baptism and take another one of our next steps and begin trusting God financially and being a financial steward of what God has entrusted to you and, and begin giving. You're like, I can't, I can't. And you know that's the next step. I can't or I don't want to. Eventually, you're going to have that moment. And I don't know what it is for you, but I bet you do. And maybe you're thinking, I, who am I? I'm just an ordinary person. I'm not qualified. I'm not, I'm not qualified. I, I, I haven't been trained. I don't know enough. I don't have enough experience. Yeah, I mean, who, who am I? I I'm, I'm just, just me. Or maybe you're like Moses too, that you've got a past that you think that you'll never be able to let go of. You'll never be able to live past. That's so untrue, but it's often the kind of ants we deal with. And maybe you're overcome with your own limitations. What you don't know how to do, what you can't do, what you've convinced yourself you can't learn to do. Yeah, we all have limitations, but there's always something we can do. And as we'll see in just a moment before we're done, we're not alone. Or maybe you're at a point where you're just like, I, I'm comfortable where I am. This is gonna take me out of my comfort zone. If I take this next step, if I do this thing that I know, that I know the way of Jesus would have me do, I know that this is what the next step is for me. Technically, I know I should, but it's just, I'm really comfortable right now. I'm really in a good place. And this is gonna be so, you know, kind of a fearful, uneasy thing. And it's gonna be overwhelming. And what if this, and what if that? I think I'll just coast. Yeah, I don't know what that is for you, but you do. Because you think about it a lot. And it's that thing that you're stalling in. You need to know what God wanted Moses to know. And God is with you and will help you. Do that thing, that next step in following Jesus 
that you have been called to do, that you know you should do. It is the way of Jesus in this thing, in this relationship, in this moment, in this decision, in this part of your life, and you're reluctant and maybe even obstinate, unwilling. God is with you and will help you. He told Moses time and time again, I'm with you, I'm with you. I'll be with your mouth. I'm with you, I'm with you, and I'll help you. You know what? Here's Aaron. Here's Aaron. Your brother, he talks very well, very eloquent, very well spoken, and uh, he will help you. I will help you with Aaron, and I will be with you, and I will be with him, and I will walk you through this step by step by step. God wanted Moses to know that he's with him, and he would help him. I wonder, I wonder what next step you would take if you knew God was with you. Because he is, just like with Moses. I wonder what you would do in following Jesus next if you knew that God was with you and that he would help you. Because he is, and he will. Whatever that next step is in following Jesus, he will help you take it. He will give you the strength. He will give you the grace. He has given you his spirit that will empower you. He will bring people around you to cheer you on and help you and encourage you and come alongside of you. Eventually, as a follower of Jesus, you're going to have a burning bush kind of moment and you're going to know what you should do. And you're going to know what you've been called to do as a follower of Jesus. And you're going to feel like you can't. Or are you just simply going to decide that you don't want to? Whatever that might be. And you need to know in those moments, God is with you and God will help you. Do that great thing and become that great person that he has created you. To be. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this part of Moses' massive story. These early beginning moments of this great thing that you used him to do in delivering the people of Israel from Egypt, the Exodus, began in these moments that we can relate to. The ants, the automatic negative thoughts crawling around all in our brains, all in our thinking, all in our lives, what we can't do, who we're not and what we're not qualified for and what we're incapable of doing and how uncomfortable it would be. So Father, as you helped Moses, help us to know that you will help us. And I don't know what next step in following Jesus those that are watching today need to take. But you know, and I think they know, and Lord, if they're fuzzy on it, make it clear to them. And help them deal with their reluctancy and fight past their unwillingness, knowing that you are with them just like you're with Moses and you will help them just like you helped him. Same God, same power, for Moses, for us. Help us, Lord, take these next steps in a way that honors you and honors those around us and honors the plan that you have purposed for our lives. 
In Jesus' name, amen.